Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. All right, let's do it. It is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Hope you're having a nice weekend as we enter week seven in the NFL. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Michael Lombardi there. He's bundled up. I don't think it's cold quite yet there in Ocean City, but he's at the Borgata hanging out in Atlantic City. Hi, Michael. Good morning. Good morning, Patrick. Yeah, we got fall coming to town here, and, you know, we are in the championship. This place will be rocking tonight, today. No Eagle game, but, you know, the Phillies, are they're already greasing. I don't know if you saw that. They have already are greasing <laughs> the – no, this is true. They're greasing the poles, the street lamps on Philadelphia, on Broad Street. They are greasing the – I saw it on Twitter last night. And, and I know you're going to find this hard to believe, Patrick, but I'm not going to start this show without talking about it. They're not greasing them for the 76er parade. Oh, gosh, right? They're Michael, not doing stop. that. Oh, stop. Please, come on. It's two minutes into the show. I can't have you going off on the 76ers on an NFL. So good. You're an NFL guy. So like, good. Look at you. I saw, by the way, so I saw good. you getting loose on. I mean, you were attacking oh, Doc. It. You're attacking Embiid. Like, all of a sudden, M. Lombardi NFL on Twitter is going off uh, yesterday on the 76ers. Tell, tell, I mean, the last five years, I've been absolutely correct. I hate to I hate to pat you myself haven't. on the back, but I, but I will be. I will pat myself on the back. I mean, it's a I mean, the process, as, as, as the great Howard Eskin said, it's a Ponzi scheme. It ended up being a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what product has delivered, and that's the NFL. As we enter week oh, seven, Michael, no excited doubt. about this. By the way, where's Bella? I got Jeezy over here because the dogs have been barking this year. Uh, a yeah. 59% clip, the under 60%. How about this? Dogs of five or more uh, have covered 63.2%, and we've got a lot of big numbers on the board today. The most popular bet across the book has been the Lions catching seven. That's been bet down to six and a half at Dallas. Well, look, I, I think as good as Dallas is on defense, right, they, their offense with Cooper Rush has had to play a style that fits them perfectly. Now, that comes back. I don't think they need to extend themselves. Detroit, we know, is not very good on defense. But Detroit can move the football. And I think Ben Johnson, the def- offensive coordinator for Detroit, has done a nice job. Now, he got shut out last week against New England. They went for it on fourth down. But with the bye week coming off, and I think with Prescott's finger – I think seven's a lot, and I, and as you know, they play hard all the time. The Lions—that's their caveat. That's their main, the their claim to fame, if you will. And to me, I, I think there's a lot of interest in that number because it, it just seems like a little too much, especially considering Dallas isn't all of a sudden going to become this explosive offense. We will attack that game coming up in just a little bit. Christian McCaffrey, part of the big news this week, is going to play for San Francisco. We'll get into that. The big news yesterday, it was announced that Russell Wilson is out today versus the Jets in the late window. So this movement's very interesting. Remember, when this number opened, one and a half, two-ish, that was a hedge from the books because they knew that Russell Wilson wasn't necessarily healthy. So the books were trying to get action. So they hedged a little bit. Michael, if he was completely healthy, my assumption, Assumption is Denver would have been a three-point favorite. However, the big news, as you mentioned before the show started, before the news of Brett Rippon starting, Denver was a point-and-a-half favorite. Now the Jets are a point-to-a-point-and-a-half favorite. So we've seen a two-point move here under the news of Rippon starting for the Denver Broncos. 
Well, I mean, look, Rippon played against the Denver Broncos last year. I think it was last year or two years ago in the Meadowlands. Remember that game? You know, he had to come in off the bench and, and play. I, I think this is an underplay. The total's 37. That's not a surprise, right? Uh, I, I can't imagine either team gets to 20. I think this is a 17-14 game, you know, 20-14, if you will. And I think the Jets have to play this conservative. The only way the Jets can't win the game is if Wilson turns the ball over. They're Wilson. Zach Wilson turns the ball over. I mean, both offenses are not great, let's face it. I mean, but the Jets average, th- you know, they average th- – points per play. Me, we mild the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson and his $250 million contract. You know, they average 244 per play. I was thinking about this yesterday, Patrick. A half a billion dollars have gone out to two quarterbacks, Wilson and and my man Murray. And neither of them are, are, I mean, those contracts are going to be looked at for years now as really maybe some of the worst contracts ever. You know, this may be the most impressive two-game run in recent memory for the Jets. The Jets have covered their past two games by a total of 50.5 points, Michael, outscoring their opponents 67-27. to 27. As Stephen Bond just mentioned in my ear, we could have some weather in Denver. Sustained winds right around 20 miles an hour. That leads to that total being very low. Gusts up to 30 miles an hour. But again, Brett Rippon is in for the Denver Broncos. And the Jets, all of a sudden, we've got, we're going to get to another New York team in the Giants, but the Jets that's got a little juice here. They do. They're playing hard. And look, this is a game where both fronts are good, right? So the Jets' defensive front's got to take advantage of this Denver offensive line that is not very good. And we saw it last week at the Chargers. Too many holding calls. You know, I know that Wilson had the hamstring and he couldn't move around, but it was a problem. And, and the Chargers didn't have Bosa. And they were putting constant pressure on Russell Wilson, and they struggled to run the ball. The Jets will be in their eight-man front, and they're going to get off on the ball. The Jets' defense can play well up front. And with Rippon in the game, this is a game that's going to come down to what front plays the best. The Jets will have a hard time blocking this Denver front because as good as the Jets have played defensively, Denver is actually numerically better number-wise than the Jets' defense. I mean, they give up 4.5 yards per play. You know, they hold opponents down to .25 yards per points per play. They're good. But this is that's why I think the under so low, it's going to come down to what front plays the best. And I just get the sense that the Denver fans and their community, they're, they're not buying this team. They're just not buying it. And if Rippon comes out and shows anything offensively, it's really going to paint a bad light on Russell Wilson. Okay, a couple of things. We mentioned the unders are cashing at a 60% clip so far in 2022 as far as the NFL. Now, Denver and the Jets right now, you mentioned, good job by you, 37. Wow, that's a low total. Denver is 5-1 and one to the under. The over-unders for the Jets this year, 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Scoring's down. It's a theme that you keep on discussing. Now, whether it's red zone defense is getting better this year, the percentages, if you dig through the numbers, are better as far as the red zone D, the quarterback issues. But one thing we do know, especially over the last two weeks, the unders have cashed a little over 63%. So we really have seen these totals come down. Down. Yeah, and, you know, t- people continue to pass up the three points. They don't want to do it. And then field goal percentage has come down. I mean, that's the other thing. I think what we don't talk enough about is field goal percentage and how they convert. You know, it's been really low all through the season. I mean, like, for example, Philadelphia, their opponent field goal conversion is 50%. Last year it was 88%. So that, that 38 variance is turnovers. That's 38 variances in Canada. When you don't convert third down in Canada, because that is the conversion down, they count that as a turnover. It's the same thing with field goals. They count as a turnover. You know, Minnesota, you talk about being lucky. Minnesota this year is 58% their opponent missing field goals, 58 uh, opponent field goal percentage. Last year, that was 85%. Again, there's that variance, and that's why scoring's down as well. Okay, Michael, I want to talk to you about McCaffrey. And coming up in just about six minutes, we have to dig into this number. A 5-1 and one team straight up in ATS, the Giants, against a Jacksonville team that's lost three in a row, yet Jags are a three-point favorite. We'll get to that in just a bit. But we should just per- take a second to announce we're not just Masson in, in the DMV, not just Nesson up in New England, Marquis, but also we've added KEGL-FM in Dallas, Texas as VEASAN's 
satellite and radio affiliates continue to grow. 97.1 The Freak as well. So Dallas, we welcome you, where Dallas will be very eager uh, to see how Dak performs today. If Dak does not perform, just quickly on that, there is going to be so much conversation about Cooper Rush managing this team better than him. It should be interesting. Well, I think it really comes down to McCarthy, right? I think McCarthy deserves a ton of credit for understanding once he lost Dak in week one, how to manage the team, get four wins, doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, the one thing about the Philadelphia game that as you're flying back from Philly to Dallas, you say, look, We've got it. We got to, We were the number one team in the National Football League in protecting the football. I know it's elementary, but it still comes back to it. If we protect the football with our defense, we can beat anybody. Now the games are always going to be a little bit close. You know, we're always going to. It's not going to be blow anybody out. The games are going to be tight, but we got to protect the ball. And I think that mindset allows Dak to get back in the rhythm. Like, why would they change what they're doing? We saw a sharp move. Uh, I mentioned Jacksonville. We'll get to that. But we saw a sharp move here to San Francisco as Kansas City got up to a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite. They're down to a one-point favorite today, the late window, Kansas City at San Francisco. A lot of that is perceptive. McCaffrey is in, a new running back there, as they make a trade for McCaffrey. The impact of McCaffrey here on the 49ers. Let's lay it out for him. Well, I think, look, he, it's not going to be too hard. He's going to get in the huddle, and they said we're going to run 38 stretch. So he knows he's going to run the outside zone. We're going to run 39 stretch. Okay, he's got that. Now, the protections, he's got to figure that out. I don't think that'll be too hard. But in the passing game, I think this is where he's going to make a huge difference. Look, remember, you know, McCaffrey's durability issues don't go away because he's traveled 3,000 miles across the country. They're still going to be there. And I think Kyle knows that. And so they've got to be very careful how they use him. And I don't think he's there to be their lead back. I, I think he's there to be their conversion back, to be the guy who makes a difference on the most important downs of a football game, third down, red zone, all those areas, and use him serendipitously so that you're able to maximize his talent level and what he brings in the pass game. This guy's got elite hands. He's got elite. I mean, if he was just a slot receiver, he would make Wes Walker look like he wasn't a good player. I mean, he's got that kind of skill set. So I think that's what you'll see a little bit of. And then, as I wrote about on vison.com, they're going to be able to control the middle of the field. With Debo, Kettle, and McCaffrey eventually being part of that third down package, their 15th ranking in third down conversions will go way up. Remember, one of the keys to football, winning games in football, is having an above 45% conversion rate on third down. I know the Jets had one, one conversion rate on third down last week and still won the game. Those are always anomalies. Arizona was three, but that's what's got to happen. Will the dogs continue to bark as we head into and continue with week seven in the NFL here on the Lombardi line? Coming up, the Giants are getting disrespected down in Jacksonville. We'll discuss. It's the Lombardi line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast is 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, question. Have you become a VEASAN pro? The answer is they're making money, so why don't you? 99 bucks through the Super Bowl. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Again, when you become a VEASAN pro, you get Michael Lombardi's exclusive articles. You get point spread weekly. You get all of our guides, including NHL, the NBA, college, NFL, which are invaluable. Pro tools, pro picks at a glance. And remember, you got the betting splits a part of the pro tools package, which is so important. You'll use it 24-7. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe to become a VEASAN pro VEASAN.com slash subscribe okay we got you back here Lombardi line hope you're having a nice weekend as week seven of the NFL continues you know I know the betting market is waiting for the other shoe to drop with the Giants Michael Lombardi they're five and one straight up they're five and one ATS they've been dogs in five of their six games so far they're headed to Jacksonville Jacksonville's on a three-game losing streak and the Giants are dogs right now you've got a number of three with Jacksonville laying it. That's the key number in the NFL. This number opened two and a half, so this has been bet up a little bit. Remember when we talked to Pat Leonard, who covers the Giants for the Daily News, he said Saquon Barkley is banged up. I'm sure Sharps know about this. Let's jump into this number. Well, and you know, and then it's funny, Pat says that, and then they they removed him from the injury report to make people feel like he's really not, he's not hurt, he's healthy. And I think ultimately the way Pat talked about it was really important. He watched the games. He saw his body language. You know, sometimes guys aren't on the injury report, they're still hurt, you know, or they don't play to the same level of effectiveness. To me, this is a game where Jacksonville should win. They should cover the three if they play anywhere near their ability, which hasn't been the case the last three weeks. They, they've kind of been all over the lot. They don't really stay consistent within the game. They have penalties. Travion Walker's had rough in the passer penalties that have been very costly. They stop running the football. But when you break down this game numerically, whether it's third down conversions, whether it's defensive areas, the only area that shines brightest for the Giants is third down defense and third down, and red zone scoring. And those are the two areas that ultimately determine the game. And that's where Jacksonville has struggled. And they're going to have to prove today that they're the better team. Well, it's funny you brought that up because uh, I was looking at this and understand, and I think for new betters, this would be a confusing number because you think the Giants 5-1, and one, you look at a team that's lost three in a row, and for myriad of reasons, the Jack- Jacksonville Jaguars, and you're like, wait, why are they a three-point favorite? Especially when you look at the Giants, they've been good on third down. They've been good cashing in once they get into the red zone. Like, when you dig into the numbers, they're actually pretty impressive over the last three weeks, the Giants. Well, when you dig into the numbers that matter, right? So we're in a profession that has a lot of numbers, right? And there's a lot of data that comes in. And betting and winning football games really comes down to about eight categories. And those categories are typically going to determine the game. And the the key one certainly is always who's taking advantage of the turnover takeaway. But I'm talking about the relative turnover takeaway. When you miss a field goal, when you go for it on fourth down, those things really start to add up, you know. And, And so the Giants have been very good in that category. They've been outstanding. And they and because they don't allow you to score in the red zone touchdowns and you kick field goals, the game stays close. And then where they are really good 
and this is another stat that determines winning and losing in the NFL, fourth quarter performance. They've been outstanding in fourth quarter performance. They beat Tennessee in the fourth quarter. They beat Carolina in the fourth quarter. You know, they're able to win games in the fourth quarter, and that's been the difference all along. You know, part of this, Barkley could be banged up. He's second in the NFL in rushing. The Jags do do a good job at stopping the run, so they'll be focused on stopping Barkley if he's ready to go. One thing about Jacksonville, finishing has been an issue, and you've talked about the head coach, but they fell to the Colts last week, 34-27, despite efficient play from the quarterback. So they're finding over this three-game losing streak the Jags ways to lose that are different in each matchup. I mean, they dominated Indianapolis at home two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and then they turn around and they they run the ball over 200 yards, over six yards a carry, and for whatever reason, they don't even have a middle-of-the-field passing game. I mean, Lawrence loses the game. He only has two incomplete passes the entire day, and they lose the game because they just threw screens. I think they threw one out. I mean, it was very unimpressive what they did offensively in that game, and they, and they had to settle for field goals. And they couldn't stop. They couldn't stop the Colts. I mean, the Colts' last five drives of that game, and this is where I think Jacksonville's taken a giant step back is defensively, right? They, they couldn't stop the Colts on the last five professions. Possessions. They, they struggled there, and, and that's what's happened. They've been outscored in the fourth corner, 45-30. That's where they've lost games. And I think ultimately where they do really well, think about this, Patrick. They've only given up seven points in the first quarter. They've given up nine points in the third quarter, okay? But where the bulk of the scoring has been 53 in the second and 49 in the th- and 45 in the fourth. And that's kind of adjusting through the game, and that's been the big issue. I guess I'm trying to build a case for the Giants because everybody's going the other way on the Jags. I'll throw this at you. Wink is going to bring pressure. Lawrence hasn't been good under pressure. That's an add to the Giants. Is that fair? Yeah, it is. And, and Lawrence hasn't been good throwing the ball up the field. You know, I, I complain about Kyler Murray at 5.8 yards per attempt. Lawrence is at 6'9". You, you know, my feeling was you can't make the playoffs unless you're at 7.5 yards per attempt. I mean, that's just never going to be good enough. And so you've got to work the ball down the field. Zay Jones averages, he's their leading receiver. He averages 8.4 yards a catch. I mean, that that's not, there's no explosive plays. You've got to find a way to make explosive plays. Now, the Giants, 32nd team, 32nd team, uh, team in the National Football League and making explosive plays. They don't do it either. They just keep the game close and want the game to get to the fourth quarter, and then they find a way to win it. Okay. Well, like I said, the betting market is waiting for the shoe to drop. You don't often see a 5-1 and one team catching three like this. Jacksonville laying three off a three-game losing streak. We shall see. Again, that number, if it's going anywhere, I see a couple of shops juiced up on the three at 120. So that could – it's not going to hit three and a half. If it does, it's going to get bought down immediately. It looks like we're going to close three, and that is the key number when betting on the NFL. Okay. Well, I think, that, I, think, I think this, Patrick, I think this too. Just one more note. I think that Please. in this book here, in conversations that I have with the sharp guys that work here that actually bet here all the time, Jaguars are, are a real, real bet team. This is, that's why I think that number's going on. I think when you do a power ranking and you do all the numbers, the Jags should win the game and they should cover the three. But one thing we know about the National Football League, the Jags have been so inconsistent that you can't count on them. Okay, Masson, DMV, we've got you covered. We're going to get to Green Bay and Washington coming up in just a second. You just mentioned the percentages and the splits, VEASAN.com, the Pro Tools. Let's get to the most publicly bet games today. How about this? Seattle Seahawks, 82% and then 82% of the bets and then 87% of the handles. So the money is all on Seattle at the Chargers. This has been a fascinating number. It has been this way all week. It has been staggering. Usually when you start Monday off, and Monday's a great day to look at the betting splits if you're betting. I mean, even if you're a recreational better, Monday is the best day because most recreational betters never, ever, ever bet on Monday. They wait. Handicappers and professional bettors always bet on Monday. They bet a number, as Vinny has often said. That's, so that Monday peak into the, in the betting splits is critical for your handicapping of the week. It's really critical. And this game has been hit from the moment that number came out at seven for Chargers. 
and it hasn't stopped all week. And it hasn't stopped as it goes all the way. What is it, four and a half today? It's five. It, went, it, 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 it has gone down. There's been no buyback or resistance from anybody on the Charger platform. Why? Well, we watched the Chargers on Monday night, right? Herbert still hasn't been the same player. You know, Keenan Allen's not there. Mike Williams is great, but if you take him out of the long ball, where are they going? Eckler's a good player, but they don't have a dynamic other runner with them, and their offensive line's been a mess because of the injuries. So do you trust their defense? They, be- they benched J.C. Jackson, right? You know, they couldn't really cover. They had a chance to, you know, Denver had many chances to win the game. They didn't. So I think that's why you're seeing it. And Seattle, for all their problems, Pete Carroll has done a great job keeping the team together, and offensively they've been great. The other two public plays, the Bucks laying a big price, 13 at Carolina, a lot of turmoil with Carolina. So 13, the Bucks have lost three of four, but 77% of the tickets and almost 90% of the money on the Bucks. The Jets are your other public team, and they are collecting 71% of the bets and 63% of the money with Brett Rippon starting for Denver. So those are your three publicly bet games right now, Michael Lombardi. I mean, look, if the Jets don't win this game with Mark Rippon playing quarterback, then the Jets are not making as much progress as we would be led to believe. Let's be clear here, right? I mean, you're getting the backup quarterback. Now you say, how much worse can he be than Russell? Well, I I mean, I think that's going to be a problem, right? Experience does matter. And there's nobody that they're going to let Melvin Gordon run the ball. Is he going to protect the football? He's fumbled four times already this season. You're going to, let him, going to let him carry the ball as much as they are? They say they will. So we shall see. I mean, to me, this is a game that Jets have to win with their defense. It looks like a get-right spot for Green Bay today. DMV, Washington right now. Washington struggling. Green Bay's laying four and a half. However, the question is, is Taylor Heineke an upgrade over Carson Wentz? When we come back, I got we're going to get that answer. I think there's a little juice with Heineke because he can get outside the pocket and make some plays. Aaron Rodgers licking his wounds, headed to the nation's capital. We'll get to that game next here Lombardi Line on a Sunday. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, horse players, pay attention because here are the racing plays from ExpressBet Editor-in-Chief Jeremy Plunk, both from Keeneland today. In the first race, Jeremy has the five-horse Blue Kentucky at 9-2. to And in the fifth race, Jeremy has the four-horse King Vegas on top at 8-1. to We like that name, and that's a good price. Bet both these races and more at FirstBet, VEASAN's preferred horse racing app. Get 10 bucks free when you sign up right now. When you use the code HORSE200, you also get 100% match on your first deposit up to $200. Again, it's... It's a tremendous app. 300 tracks, AI-assisted picks. First Bet app is the easiest way to bet on your favorite sport. Go to vsin.com slash horses. That's vsin.com slash horses. As we got you back here, hope you're having a nice weekend. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. It's week seven of the NFL. Michael Lombardi hanging out there at Atlantic City. I think my guy was taking pictures during the break, but again, when you're working with a celebrity, you deal with these type of interactions. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't (laughs) Don't, know what was going on. I was just looking at I was trying to figure out the injury things going on in the league here and uh, and and gazing up at the TVs. Uh, You know, this Washington game, Patrick, that you tease going into the break to me. Let's do it. You know, I know I know Washington's fans are, are, are upset with their owner and certainly with their coach and the success of this franchise. But when you break down the game, I mean, look, yes, you know, the 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 Packers haven't played well, but. In the last three weeks, the, the, the Washington football team, you know, they, they've averaged 0.21 points per play. That's ridiculously low. I mean, last year with Tyler Heineke, they averaged 3.1. I mean, so they're going to pick up a significant uh, advantage in their offensive football. And if you go back to the game last year in Green Bay, if you remember that game, Washington played them really tough. They got a bad call in the red zone. They had a turn. They had four turnovers in the game. They kind of just let the game get away. And I, I think, to me, if there's going to be a game that Washington sees that they have an opportunity to win based on their strengths and their opponent's weaknesses, this is the one. 
Okay, we will get to the commanders for Masson and the DMV, but let's start with the Packers. Your boy, Big Daddy Vince, is not happy. The Packers are in a funk. They're 3-3, three and three, but let me ask you a question. Again, the quarterback and head coach seem to have some issues. There's some coordination issues with the special teams, and obviously the skill position's not great. Are the Packers in a funk, or is this roster just not what we think it is? Well, I mean, here's the, here's the reality. And points per play, and I keep quoting that, that's an important number for us as betters, for anybody who analyzes games, whether you're, whether you're a pro personnel scout, whether you're a handicapper, whether you're just a, a, a recreational better. That, that really gives you an idea about what's your production? What are you doing? How are you doing? How are you game planning? What's going on? It's an indicator, right? So last year the Packers were uh, .40 points per play. This year they're down to .27. That's 1.3. That, that's, that's ridiculously a drive. Why? So you have to ask yourself why. Well, the reason is simple this, okay? They're trying to run an offense that they ran last year, okay? That they were successful, but they had Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, hmm. when you have a top five receiver in football, he controls coverages, he controls adjustments, he controls a lot of what's going to be happening in a game plan. When you remove him, all of a sudden the defensive coordinators for your opponents they have different things they can do. They play you differently. There's not the same way. So when you lost Adams and you're Matt LaFleur and you lose your best receiver, you can't run the same offense that you ran with him. You've got to change. And the answer is they've never changed. They keep running the same stuff. And as Roger said last week, people figure it out. They know what's coming. They know what's going on. And they don't have an answer for it because – they can't control it. They can't win the matchups like they did with Adams. You know, I like Washington's matchup from this perspective. Washington, the Commodores, as we like to call them, their strength is that defensive front, Michael. And the offensive line there in Green Bay has been struggling. So there's going to be pressure right up the middle with those Alabama boys. That's the strength for Washington. Conversely, offensively, the reason Heineke adds a little jolt is the offensive line has struggled for Washington. He can get outside the pocket and get some things done that Carson can't. But also, he has a familiarity with Scott Turner's offense, right? He knows yeah. this offense inside and out. He does, and I think he has a – I think the players in the huddle really like him. I think he's yep. got a ability to lead the team. You know, now, look, I'll say this. The two tackles from Alabama are playing good. But no one, no one on the Washington defense is playing better than Sweat. Nobody. Sweat has become a man. Sweat is a legitimate, you better block him. Now, they got Bakari back this week. Can he play the whole game? I don't know. But this Sweat kid has been really dominant, and he has been able to create havoc, and he destroyed the Tennessee left tackle. It was embarrassing, and they still lost the game because the Washington football team, the Commodores, the Commanders, whatever you want to call them, right, they don't cover the details. They don't ever win two of the three phases. They turn the ball over too much. They can't convert third down. Everything that goes into winning the game, tackle, right? Can they ta It all goes away. You know, they signed William Jackson to a huge contract. William Jackson is a bump-and-run corner. Got to put his hands on you, play press, jam at the line. They want to play off. Like, how does that make sense? It's like when, when the Houston Texans drafted, dra drafted the corner in the first round, the fifth pick, and they're playing Tampa too. Like, it, it doesn't work. You can't – you're over it, – it doesn't fit. So, I think that's part of the problem with Washington. Okay, let me get the Lombardi line on this one. This one opened five, yeah. five and a half with Green Bay. It's been bet down to four and a half, although Green Bay has taken a little bit more of the tickets, a little bit more of the money. So we've got a little bit of reverse line movement here headed Washington's way. I think there's a little bit of juice because of Heineke, as we mentioned. This number is four and a half, a 41 and a half total, which is low. What's the Lombardi line? I had this at 4.87 to start the week. And, it's right on know, the number. It's right on the number, and, and, and early, and in the contest, I think, let me look here at the contest numbers, what they closed it at, the contest number closed at four and a half. So Thursday's, you know, this was trending that way, and I think the book knew it was going to be right here. Look, you know, you're, you're a home team getting more than a field goal. If you're ever going to be a matchup that favors you is a team that can, it struggles offensively. Now, if Washington doesn't play run defense like they have in the past, you know, then it's going to be a problem. And they can't have the hold calls. They've got to block the, the Packer front. 
They've got to be able to handle that. And I think Heineke gives them some juice. I think he's when he's in the huddle, I get the sense there's more confidence from their offense than when Wentz is in the huddle. Low total there, 41 and a half. Good reason. Washington, that's four straight unders for Washington, cashing to the under by an average 11.6 points. So, again, uh, they have not been scoring. They're looking for Heineke to add a little jolt. Remember, when you take a look at Michael's number, which is right around four and a half, and the closing number looks to be right around four and a half, there's not a lot of wiggle there. So this is a game you may lay off. Right, and for me, you know my rule with Washington, I'm not playing them no matter what. I don't have enough confidence in them. I don't have much confidence in Green Bay. I have confidence in their quarterback. But, you know, when you start talking about the same problems from one year to the next year, that's not the players. That's the coaching, right? So when you have special teams issues last year, you fire the coach and you hire Rich Bashatsi and everything's going to change, well, it never will change just because you put the new coach in there. You have to change what you do. See, this is what LaFleur doesn't do. You know, I mean, you can't run an offense without Devontae Adams. You've got to change what you're doing. You've got to go back into the think tank and say, okay, we've lost our best receiver. We don't have him. We're going to have a bunch of young receivers. What are we going to do? What do you want to do, Aaron? How do you want to play? How are we going to handle this? And then you've got to deal with Rodgers because he only wants to do certain things too. Well, one thing I do know is your boy Ron Rivera, sitting two and four, continues. When he gets on a bus, it's a free pass. He just gets on the bus. He rides for free. Free passes from Ron Rivera because <laughs> there's so much drama that surrounds this commander program with Dan Snyder. You, you heard what Ursay said during the owner meeting on Tuesday, that it's almost like Rivera gets a free pass. His team's been awful in his tenure. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it, it is. I mean, and, and we know this. This offseason, and, and the Masson audience knows this, He's decide, he said, look, we, we lacked communication, we lacked a lot of things, but nothing was related to coaching, made no coaching changes, did some things with the special teams. He made no changes to really anything. He just came back and brought it back like it was okay, like it was just fine. Like to me, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen, and he's allowing it to happen. Bad pad level. Michael Lombardi, you know this. Let's get the let's for mass and let's get it started, and then we'll continue in the next block. Cleveland at Baltimore. Yeah. You got a number of six, six and a half, so dancing on that key number with Baltimore laying it. Cleveland in town. Yeah, I mean, look, this is an important game for the Brownies. They 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 have given away a couple games. They gave away the Jet game, they gave away the Falcon game. You know, last week they didn't give that game away. New England beat them fair and square. But look, Baltimore has struggled to play run defense. Baltimore has struggled to be consistent. I think it's going to be rainy and wet in Baltimore. I think it favors this. Now, you know, they're going to have to be able to run the ball. Last week they just didn't run Chubb like that like I thought they would have run him. And, you know, they, they have a chance to win the Charger game. They don't win that. So this is a must-win for Cleveland in a divisional game. They play Cincinnati next week. They're going to be out of this thing, you know, and whether Watson comes back or not. And I think there's some debate whether that happens, too, as things continue to go on with this investigation. You know, they're going to find out where are they. Where are they with this? And Houston's going to end up with two high picks if, they don't, if they're not careful. What's the Lombardi line on Cleveland-Baltimore? We'll let the listeners kind of let it sink in going to break, and we'll come back and discuss. Right now it's 6-6.5 with Baltimore Lane. Lombardi line is what with Cleveland and Baltimore? 6-3-1. Okay, so it's right on the number. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to lay off 6-3-5. 6-3-5, okay. yes. Right on the number. Also, that total's moving in Baltimore. We'll come back with it. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, make some cash over at BetMGM. The King of Sportsbooks place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any pro football game. If all the legs of the parlay hit except one, you're going to get your stake back and free bets up to 25 bucks. Log into your account or download the app BetMGM.com to take advantage of this offer. Just opt in the one-game parlay insurance promotion. It's a great deal, 25 bucks back if three hits. Again, 21 years or older, if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available. Available Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. VEASAN pros, remember VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up. Steve Mackinnon wrote a great article this week about using those betting splits to profit. Make sure you check that out. As we got you back here on a Sunday edition of the Lombardi Line, popular Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata. I'm Patrick Maher. Okay, let's quickly take a look at Michael's power rankings, which you can find on the Lombardi Look Ahead every Friday at VEASAN.com, and then we'll get back into Baltimore hosting Cleveland. Michael will start there at the top. The Bills, the Eagles, the Chiefs, no surprise there. Where it gets interesting is you go four through ten. Go ahead and break that down for us. Well, I mean, let's just set it up. So I take the what I believe the eight categories are, which determines outcomes of the game. It's this is that is not subjective, and I and I total those numbers in. I also grade the coaching staffs and grade the quarterbacks, right? And then when you add those numbers in, you come up with a total number sum of what I believe to be. And then that's what you come up with. That's how you rank your power. It isn't subjective. And so you just tr- – and it changes week in and week out. Obviously, New England's up at five. Minnesota is five and one. You know, their numbers don't look like they should be winning games. But when you study the areas that, that determine winning, they're pretty good at it. Same with New England. Now, New England has fixed the turnover issue in the last three weeks. They've cut that way down, which has helped because they had been playing very good all through the season, including in Miami. They gave up 20 points against the the Dolphins. Their offense allowed seven themselves. So they gave up 13 points to the Dolphins. So these numbers just generate a total, and that's the power ranking. And then I don't mess with them. And I don't mess with them. And then depending on who's playing quarterback, depending on how the coaching is going and the decision-making that's been happening, you make that adjustment and you come up with a total number. Is there a team in your top ten that surprises you a little bit there? You've got Baltimore at seven. We're going to get back to that game. Is there, an, is there a team that's in there? Go ahead. I think New England being fifth surprised me, right? I think that really did. Cincinnati at nine surprised me, too, because I felt like when you look at Cincinnati, you know, for all the things they do well defensively, and let's face it, they get carried. They're carried. You know, they are carried by their defense. I think that surprised me. And then there's a drop-off. And then, like, from Cincinnati to the New York football giants, there's a little bit of a gap. 
you know, and not and the Giants, and but in between is Dallas, the Chargers, Green Bay, Jacksonville, which is slightly ahead of the the Giants, is the drop, and then all of a sudden there's a huge drop at the bottom where you see Carolina would be the worst team based on all the numbers that correlate towards winning. So, I'm never really surprised. I mean, last week New England was was probably in the middle of the pack and they took a giant step forward, which happens when you shut a team out and then you have another week where you've kind of held the team down and you've won the turnover battle. Okay, you've got the 2-4 and four Browns at the 3-3 three and three Ravens, a divisional matchup. Remember, the divisional unders are cashing at a 69% clip this year. That number right now, 6-6.5 six, six with the Ravens lane at one note, weather. Rain could be moving in during the game. There's a good chance you can to. see some light rain consistently most of the game and then increasing in the second half, Michael. So that's important for the total when we're talking about this game overall. But let's start from the Cleveland side. The Browns, they look good early in the year and they should they've got the number one rushing offense in all of football but here's the problem their defense is terrible they've given up 27.2 points per that's 30th in the nfl and secondly jacoby Brissett is starting to become what we know he is a very good backup four interceptions in the past four games yeah i mean their opponent completion percentage just just if you look at those numbers is it sick that that's a percentage it isn't just okay here's what they do it's it's kind of an algorithm that goes in it they're at 60.37 i mean and 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 baltimore you know baltimore it, you know they're able to play better defense so you can throw the ball on this cleveland team and if miles garrett doesn't make a play or create a turnover it's challenging the other area that's been really hard is their ability to stop anybody from running the ball they couldn't stop atlanta from running the ball they really couldn't stop the chargers they made explosive plays now they stopped new england but then they they get beat in man coverage against new england and it's a problem so this is a game they've got to play better defensively, and this is one of those what I believe to be a custard last stand game for Cleveland. I think their season gets washed away if they don't find a way to keep this game close or even win the game. Baltimore has not played well at home. Baltimore's offense has been inconsistent, and Baltimore's defense is beatable in certain areas if you understand how to attack them. So this game sets up perfectly to be a fourth-quarter close game, win it with a field goal. I mean, Cincinnati's not exactly electrifying offensively, and they had the game, what, at 1917? I like the six-and-a-half and take the Brownies here because I think this will be a close game down to the wire. Your two over teams this year, Cleveland is 5-1 and one to the over. Detroit is 4-1 and one to the over. They'll travel off their bye to, D- to Dallas today. Of course, the sexy teams in the Midwest there. So let's reiterate your number. So 6-6.5. Six, six Again, these books are dancing with this number. Baltimore Lane at the Lombardi line is what with Cleveland and Baltimore? My line here on this game is six three five, right? So you know, and that that factors also in home field advantage too, you know. And so I, I just like to me, I like there's always a moment when a team plays poorly the week before, they have to go to a divisional opponent, they play next week against Cincinnati. This is the time now. I mean, this is it. This is this is you've got to make your way now. They've got to play better defensively. I think if they get if they struggle defensively, Joe Wood, the defense coordinator, may not have a job Monday afternoon. Oh, interesting. That's how bad they've been defensively, based on expectations or based on expectations. Just, yeah. Okay, I mean, gotcha. I mean, meltdown, blown coverages. I mean, you name it. I mean, they just haven't been good. You know, you got a you got a thirteen point lead with under two minutes to go, and you lose that game. Think about that, Patrick. There is, think about this, Michael. There is one perfect team against the spread this year. It is the Atlanta Falcons. All of a sudden, how about your boy down there, Arthur Smith? There's a little identity with this team. They were expected to do nothing. They're a 500 football team. They're 6-0 ATS. They're headed to Cincinnati, and they're catching a price here. Cincinnati's laying 6.5. It seems like a juicy number for an Atlanta team that continues to outperform expectations coming into the season. You know, I think this, you don't think coaching matters in the league. Look at Atlanta and the New York football giants. Look at Tennessee. You know, look, look, at, look at the teams that have been able to do it with less talent and still find a way to win games. And, and I think Atlanta more than ever. I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta, I mean, Mariota is not even trying to throw 10 completions last week. They beat San Francisco running the football. You know, Arthur Smith has done a great job without their best running back, Cordell Patterson. He's done a nice job of finding ways to run the ball, picking his moments. Defensively, they're not very good, but they're able to kind of 
keep the game close. And, you know, they've been in every game. They've covered every spread. The book hasn't gotten them right. Now they travel to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's defense is good now. Make no mistake about it. Cincinnati wins with their defense. Their offense is not good. So if they can run the ball against Cincinnati, they'll keep this game close. If they can't, you know, they're going to have a hard time covering all these receivers from Atlanta's going to have a hard time covering. It's just hard for me to imagine that the Falcons can continue this ATS streak going forward. Well, their three losses have been by a combined 11 points. I mean, it's just, it's really fascinating, too, because they're not even throwing the football. They're really no, creative no. offensively. You like to watch Arthur Smith's offense because they don't even have their big back, and they've been really creative. I mean, think about this, Patrick. They, they are one of the, t they run the ball more than they throw it. They're 57% pat run to 43% pass, right? You know, and mm -hmm. think about this. They average 0.41 points per play. They're playing against Cincinnati. They have a distinct advantage in that category. And, you know, their defense has been able to kind of settle down after the first couple. I mean, they, look, for whatever, and I don't think they were good. I would have played the under on Atlanta. I don't like their talent level, but I respect, really respect what Arthur Smith's been able to do. One of the bigger totals here today, Atlanta at Cincy. Uh, we've jumped up from 47.5 to 48 at a couple of shops. 47.5 still hanging tight at a few. I do think there's a little bit of an opportunity for Atlanta to exploit that Cincinnati rush defense. So it'll be interesting to see the game plan here. I think that total's a little elevated at 48 in Cincinnati. What's your thought on the total there quickly? I think it is a little elevated. Look, I think the one thing about Atlanta, they have to play a certain way to win. They're going to have to run the ball. They play action. And part of the running game is Mariota, too. Let's not confuse that. He yep. has to be part of the running game. I mean, and he's been able to stay healthy, and that's good for him. I'm happy to see that because that's critical. You know, and so – but Arthur Smith isn't going to change who he is or what he does. I don't see that happening. I think he's going to continue down the same way, and, and he's got to keep – he's got to stay attached. The only game he wasn't attached to, really, when you break it down, was the Ram game, and he got, they got back in that game. When they went out to Seattle, that was a track meet game. The Cleveland game was back and forth. Michael, today in San Francisco in the late window, we have a rematch of a Super Bowl. What was it? Three years ago now, Kansas yeah, City at San ago. Francisco. I can tell you that the Sharps are all over one side. We'll tell you what side coming up next. McCaffrey makes his debut for the 49ers. Lombardi Line, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.